Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing The Notebook. The Notebook was written by Nicholas Sparks and was published in 1996. And the film adaptation, which came out in 2004, was directed by Nick Cassavetes. And it's time to take a little bit of a break from the spooky scaries. <laughs> Although the irony is <laughs> we're recording this on Halloween night. We are. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> We've done two week or uh, two past episodes for Halloween. Yeah. You know, for October. But on Halloween night. We're here talking about The Notebook. The scariest movie of all. (laughs) Uh, If Nicholas Sparks is your thing, um, we also have an episode on A Walk to Remember. Yeah, that was one of the first ever episodes that we did. I think it was our fourth episode. So I haven't listened to it in four years. I don't know if it's still good. I don't know what we sound like. I'm sure the audio quality is much, much worse. (laughs) But you know what? I think it was still probably a good time. It's classic cover to credits. Yes. Uh, And I think we also should start this episode off with a uh, slight disclaimer. Yeah. If you are a fan of Nicholas Sparks, if he's your jam, if that's who you like to read, if, you know, he just uh, taps into something that you really enjoy, that is so cool. That is so awesome. Uh, And, you know, we're always here to be like, enjoy what you like. You know what I mean? Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Not even us. Not even us. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I think Ian and I, it's not a spoiler for this episode to say that we found the book and movie to be a bit cheesy and over the top. And I think we both love romantic stories that, you know, we've read or watched. This isn't really it for us. So, um, but if you like it, that's fine. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But the warning is that we may go a little hard on it. (laughs) I don't want to like be foreshadowing too much, but I also want to give a fair warning that like, if you don't want to hear that, then this may not be the episode. No. And if you'd like to hear more romantic stuff, we've done a lot of other episodes um, on stuff that I would consider to be romance. Oh, yeah. We've talked about a lot of, I mean, uh, Jane Austen novels mm-hmm. and like a lot of YA romance stories. Like yeah. there's been a lot that we've really liked and have talked about. So it's not just like the whole genre or anything. No, just Nicholas just Sparks. Just Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Now that we've set the stage. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. So both versions, book and movie, begin in, is it the like the present present? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in an old folks home, a nursing home, mm-hmm. a retirement home, whatever you want to call it. And we're introduced to the the narrator. Yeah. I'll call him. Uh-huh. Who is an old man at this nursing home. And in the film, he is called Duke yeah. by many people. And, uh, boy, it's hard not to just get right into... No, and I think we have to. So here's (laughs) the thing. The book and the movie kind of set it up like it's a reveal that these old people are the people from the story, from the notebook. Yes. So, but we already know. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I remember reading it and watching the movie and being like, I can't tell... If I'm supposed to know that these are the characters that he's reading in, yeah. from this story, like it seems so obvious. Mm-hmm. And at points like later on in the story, it seems like it's revealed 
that he's reading their life story. More in the book than the movie. I think the movie kind of like you realize it as you're watching it. Yeah. But with the book, the way it's structured, like the book starts with, you know, the older folks and like him, you know, Noah or Duke or whatever the fuck, like (laughs) reading this story to this older woman. And then we get this kind of like, almost like a twist moment later. Yeah. Where it's like revealed that it's them. And but we're like, we already know. <laughs> yeah. And that the old woman has dementia. Yeah. But or Alzheimer's. Or Alzheimer's. Yeah. I think, God. Firstly, I don't think this is representative to any extent of what Alzheimer's is actually like. It doesn't seem like it. It's like they're acting like it's 51st dates. Yeah. Because she's very lucid, mm-hmm. right? Like he's telling her this like very complicated story throughout the length of the entire day. And she's following along with it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, she's asking questions about like, oh, did such and such do this or end up with this person? Yeah. In book and movie. Uh, but she doesn't know that she's talking to her husband of, like, 60 years. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't, like, I'm not an expert, but I don't think that's how Alzheimer's works. No, and my my grandma had dementia when she was older, and, like, sometimes she forgot who I was and, like, my siblings, but she always, like, knew who my mom was. Yeah. And, like, she wasn't lucid. Like, she would just kind of be talking about stuff and you couldn't really get her to focus on what was happening in the now. Yeah. Like I think they kind of come in and out of it. Like they might have good days, like yeah. or bad days, but like, I don't think it's something where you could retain their attention yeah. for such a long period of time. Now the book also and movie are like arguing that like what's happening with her and this story that he's telling is like almost magical. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you could argue that, oh, it's not regular Alzheimer's or he's healing her or something like that. But Mm -hmm. I still don't like this kind of story because it's like, oh, um, he's getting through to her through the Alzheimer's uh, because they love each other so much. Like their love is so pure that, uh, you know, they're they're getting past this boundary of her Mm -hmm. memory loss. Yeah. But it kind of just like, it almost feels like it's rubbing it in the face of other real life people who have family yeah. members with Alzheimer's almost like, well, you must not love them. Enough. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if you loved them a little bit more, like you'd be able to like deal with this. Maybe illness. if you had a sexier love story. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It kind of feels like a little tasteless in that way where it's like, yeah. All right. I guess your love is just so amazing. I mean, you can tell a story about, you know, love that, you know, triumphs and love that mm-hmm. like, is strong and, you know, sustains two people through a lot of, like, really horrible things. And even through something like this without making it seem like you're better than everybody. I don't know. Yeah. There's also one other small gripe I have to point out, and that is that their real names are Noah and Allie. Yeah. Like, in the story that she he's reading to her. Mm-hmm. However... He is lying to her about what his real name is. He's not saying he's Noah. He's saying he's Duke. Yeah. I guess he's got everyone in the nursing home in <laughs> on this conspiracy. <laughs> they all call him Duke. Yeah. And they do they they all call her Hannah. I don't know. Which isn't her name. That's and like, only in the book, though. Her okay. Being Hannah. 
Um, but that's another thing is like, I don't think you should be lying to someone with Alzheimer's. No. Like that doesn't seem like a good, I mean, you can go along with what they're saying, Sure, you know, and not just contradict them all the time. But like lying, I think is crossing the line, especially about like their name and identity. I don't think that's going to help their condition. Yeah. But like, I, I just couldn't get my head around it. Cause I'm like, just change the names in the story. Like, if you don't want yeah. her to know that this story is about you, change the names in the story that you're reading. It's much easier to do that than <laughs> in real life changing your name. Is he like, oh, I already wrote it all down. Like, I don't want to have to, like, go and edit it. Like, just, I'll have everyone in the hospital or nursing home just call me a different name for the rest of my life. I want to talk about the structure of the stories a little bit because both of them start out with, you know, Noah and Ali as old and, and in this nursing home. And then the book kind of goes to Noah um, before he and Ali reunite. He's fixing up the house um, and it kind of stays there. And he flashes back a bit to the past. Like he and Ali both kind of remember back to when they first met. But yeah. we don't really go there in the book. Like, it doesn't no. feel like we go to the past and experience what they have. Whereas the movie um, starts out with them old, then goes back to the when they first met. We spend a lot of time. Yes. Like, probably 45 minutes, 40 minutes of the movie of them young. And then... It's kind of interspersed with like the old folks reading the story. Yeah, it jumps back to the present. It of keeps the reminding old people, you, which I think is like a huge, like a really good improvement the movie made to Definitely. like keep returning to the old people uh-huh. and reminding you because the structure of the book it's like introduction with the old people and then you don't come back to it until like the end of their romance. Yeah, and then it's just like a lot of old people stuff at the end. Yeah, and it's very heavy. And, like, sparsing that out would have been, like, really beneficial. Yeah. And similarly, I really wish the book actually got more into the details of their, like, high school teenage relationship. Definitely. Because it seems so significant and important. And we spend almost no time with it. No, he just gives us, like, a montage breakdown of, like... We spent every day together, and I used to, we used to canoe, and, you we know. read by the old tree. Uh, and she, she painted me paintings, <laughs> and we were inseparable. We are going to spend the rest of our lives together, and then, then we, it. and that was it, and then we didn't. Like, <laughs> just kind of him pontificating on the whole thing. Yeah. And it's very not engaging. Yeah. Whereas the movie is at least like investing the time into that. Yeah. So let's talk about the movie and getting to meet Ali and Noah and seeing them meet each other. Yes. We uh, are introduced to these characters at a county fair of some mm-hmm. sort. And we get what is maybe one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. Because like I hadn't seen it, but I knew this scene. Yeah. Which is, you know, Noah approaches Allie because he's very into her right away. Yeah. She turns him down because she's there with someone already. Yeah. And then while they're on the Ferris wheel, Noah's like, you know what? (laughs) You know what crazy ass shit would probably... uh, Win her over. Yeah. I'm going to jump onto the Ferris wheel with them and then dangle myself... Yeah. ...off the edge until Until she she agrees to date me. Yeah. It is a, it's a tactic for sure. Uh, It's very abusive and manipulative. Definitely. This is a huge red flag. And I know 
this is all meant to be in good fun and it's like a very lighthearted movie, but I do think it's important to point out certain things like this. Oh, yeah. And to just be like, hey, if someone did this to you in real life, this would be like a, a really big red flag towards the type of person that they would be and how they would treat you in the relationship. Yeah, and it's definitely indicative of other faults in their relationship as it moves forward. Like this yeah. isn't just like a one-time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it's not great. And it tries to play it for laughs. And I mean, to an extent, I, I will say, first of all, that I still like this compared to the book. Yeah. Like, even though this is like a not good and kind of toxic characteristic, it's better than the nothing that Noah is in the book. Yeah. Like Noah is just like, A blank slate uh, cardboard man with like no (laughs) country boy man country boy with like no faults, but also no personality. Yeah. I'm like, I'll at least take this over that. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, Ryan Gosling almost still makes it charming because like i kind of like when she's like okay i'll go out with you and he's like now don't do me any favors yeah he's like still hanging on yeah um but yeah still not great yeah they go on their first date though to a movie and then noah's like i know how to top the movie for Allie. i'm gonna take her to the middle of the street and we're gonna have the rest of our date there (laughs) i just it's so it he lies he's like you know what i used to do with my dad We used to lie down in the middle of the road at this intersection and watch the traffic lights change. Yeah. And he he tells her, like, come on and and like lay down with me. And she's like, she's like, no, what on the street? No. And he says, you know what your problem is? You don't do what you want to. (laughs) Like she just said she didn't want to. Yeah. I'm like, she was very clear that she doesn't. Why would she want to lay on the fucking cold, dirty street in her nice clothes? Yeah, and then after that, they dance in the street, which feels like just a repeat of the street act that they just did. Like, I feel like I would have liked it better if it was just dancing in the street. Yeah. Because then she's like, well, what if a car comes? It's basically the same concept, You could, right? Yeah, you could have played it up more to, like, <laughs> maybe they're dancing on the sidewalk at first, and then he kind of steps onto the street. Yeah, and he's and like, live like, a little. What? Yeah, and then they kind of go, like, that could have been done much better. Much better. The lay on the street thing is just so fucking weird. It is. And I would never, especially in the dress she was wearing, lay down in the street. (laughs) Also, they imply that it's cold out, but it's supposed to be summer. Yeah, they mentioned several times, like, she's here for the summer. And (laughs) And this this is is South Carolina. Yeah, but you can see their (laughs) breath, like, all the time. Yeah, at night. So I don't know what was going on in the filming here. No. Noah and Ryan Gosling in this performance, he has a very um, bad, intense aura and energy about him. Really? That I really don't like. I don't know. Something about him feels very creepy in kind of an intense way. And also, like, he also feels just performative. Mm. And maybe it's, like, all that stuff. Like, lay on the street. Like, do this. Do that. Like, I'm like, I don't think this is something that you've actually ever done before. I feel like you're making it up to try to, like... (laughs) I, I don't know, like... Mess with her? Yeah, mess with her and get her to do what you want to, like, see if you can manipulate her. Yeah. Something about him is just, like, I don't find him charming at all in this, at least in this part. Yeah. Like, he just comes across as, like, un... like, just intense in an uneasy way that I don't like. Yeah, and he's also, like, really judgy 
towards her about like her life too like (laughs) right when they first start dating and i'm like i think you should wait until you know each other a little more before you start to be like oh your parents run your life and you're like trapped in this you know situation yeah and i'm the only one who can save you because i'm a free i'm your manic pixie dream boy (laughs) except i'm a little unsettling Uh, there is a, just a few different scenes we have to, like, we kind of get a montage, uh, of their relationship together. There's a lot of making out, uh, a lot. A lot. We also see them fighting, which mm-hmm. I will say I appreciate because their relationship is described as just so perfect in the book. Yeah. That, like, it feels like he's not being realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like seeing them having these fights at least get grounds it a little bit, I think. Yeah, of course. I don't love that in the fights, uh, Ali just like slaps the shit out of Noah all the time. Yeah. She's constantly like every time they fight, she shoves him mm-hmm. repeatedly. She slaps him multiple times and like gets really in his face. And like this is one of those things that... I think people are okay with because it's a woman doing it, but it's yeah. not okay no. to be treated that way in a relationship at all. I mean, consider for even a second the roles being reversed and yeah. him slapping her and pushing her around like that's yeah. serious. And and if she if they can fight and she can't help herself from reacting like violently towards him when they're upset at each other, like that's not a good no like, dynamic to have and for her to like react that way speaks to like some kind of anger issue that she has yeah she was uh extremely physically abusive towards him yeah and it was not okay yeah like it was really bad honestly yeah um so it's absolutely worth acknowledging that <laughs> yeah it's not okay for your partner to push you around um you know whoever you are whatever type of relationship you have whether you know straight gay whatever uh just not cool no uh, we also get <laughs> the bird scene. Yes. She wants to be a bird, okay? Just let her be a bird. <laughs> I don't think she knows what a bird is. She's squawking in the in the water. When she does her impression of one, she's like, ah, and like <laughs> kind of attacks him. And I'm like, what, are, are you a vulture? What are Do you? Do you know what birds are? <laughs> and he gives the line, the beautifully romantic line, if you're a bird, I'm also a bird. (laughs) So deep. (laughs) Truer words never been spoken. What a poet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this scene was just really, I don't know. Once again, I just don't buy into their chemistry at all. No. And apparently uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams did not get along together very well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um. Apparently, the parts that were filmed with them being older were shot first. Uh huh. Um, and they really didn't get along at that point. Huh. And then they took a like Christmas break before coming back and shooting the earlier scenes because mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling had to lose a bit, little bit of weight to play the younger version of himself. And I think they were like more comfortable with each other at that point. Okay. But at first, they hated each other. Oh I my guess. gosh! Yeah. Wow, interesting. I wonder why. I just don't think they uh, were working well together. I don't know. I'm not totally sure. I do like some of these scenes, though, um, with them in the past, like Allie meeting Noah's dad. Yeah. And kind of seeing the relationship that Noah has with his dad. Like, 
They're very comfortable with each other. The dad is very welcoming of Allie, really wanting to get to know her. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, you get the scene of him making them pancakes at 10 p.m. Like, it's very um, casual. Yeah. Well, and contrasted very heavily with yeah. her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father <laughs> dad in this movie okay the first time you ever see him she's coming home late after being out with noah she yeah. runs up onto the porch and her dad is sitting there and surprises her and the first time the camera went to the father and you saw him you and i we just burst we out laughing cracked up laughing because he is like a caricature rich man of a southern rich southern gentleman rich guy yeah he's got this Stupid fucking like curled curled mustache. He's got some kind of like dinner evening robe on. Yes. Yeah. And he he talks like smoking a cigar. Yeah. He talks with this like absurdly like gentleman southern accent <laughs> that was just so fucking funny. I know. I don't think we were meant to laugh on seeing him for the first time, but I was just so surprised because I didn't remember this from seeing yeah. the movie before and we just both started laughing. I think it's the mustache. Like I think you could have gotten away with everything else, but the mustache <laughs> is just such a Seals choice. The deal. Go go back and watch this movie and wait for this scene. It's worth it. <laughs> Especially just because of the build up to like him surprise her she's like daddy and it's just like (laughs) 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 yeah i I think i mean i do once again appreciate the movie leaning more into this social circle difference between them yeah because the book mentions it and obviously like we find out later the mom's role in kind of keeping them apart in the book but it feels like it's less of a thing in the book yeah it feels like it was like it talks about their whole time together, their summer together. And then it was like, but her parents didn't want her with me because I was poor and she was rich. And it's yeah. like, oh, oh, this is the first time we're hearing about yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is part of the problem of like just being told all of this in retrospect from Noah. Yeah. Being older, it's just like, by the way, this thing. Yeah. Uh, you don't get to actually experience any of those dynamics. So even though it's like, pretty cliche in certain ways this dynamic in the movie yeah like that luncheon he attends where they're like how, how much, much money do you how make? much money do you make <laughs> like everyone's like snooty i do love that everyone is wearing white except noah in that scene yeah it yeah was really interesting i did too just like really making him stick out yeah uh yeah anything else from we get the house scene yeah that he he takes her to the old house that he's like, I want to own this old plantation home, mm-hmm. which would absolutely be haunted <laughs> without a question, without a doubt. I don't know who could look at that house and not be like, there's a lot of fucking ghosts in there. <laughs> this is very haunted. <laughs> but I mean, they both kind of like like being in the house and kind of imagine what their life could be like there together. Mm-hmm. And then this is where they have sex slash try to have sex yeah the the book alludes to them having sex they were they each other's first yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. uh both of them having sex for the first time with each other and in the movie they go to this house yeah they're like or noah's like hey i brought a blanket you want to fuck in this dusty, dark, cold, cobwebby, cobwebby, vermin-infested, ghost-filled house? <laughs> and she's like, hell yeah. <laughs> they 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 strip down. I do 
appreciate this scene, though, to an extent because, like, she's very nervous. Yeah. She's talking a lot, and then she's self-conscious and wondering why he's not talking. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of freaking herself out. Because, like, I do think too many first sex scenes in movies are, like, just depicted as, like, oh, and then it was the most amazing experience either of them had ever. They had sex for, like, five hours. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, that's not usually how it goes the first time. Yeah, it's like, I want to see more of that uncomfortableness, awkwardness, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Which, I mean, they don't actually end up getting to have sex because Noah's friend Finn bursts into the room. Yeah. I guess he knew, like, did Noah tell him this entire plan? I don't know. And um, (laughs) he tells him that, like, Allie's parents have, like, the entire town with uh, pitchforks and torches looking for her. (laughs) Uh, So they don't get to have sex in the movie. In the book, they do have sex with each other, for sure. Yeah. But in the movie, you know, Allie goes back to her house, Noah's there, and then... There's this huge fight between her and her parents. And I like that Noah is kind of outside and he can hear everything that they're yelling. He can hear the mom yelling that he's trash. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, okay, Uh all right, it's time to go. (laughs) Um, And this is where they get into an argument because he he also found out she's leaving. Well, first of all, okay, she's there for the summer, but they own this enormous plantation mansion. Or they're renting it, maybe? Yeah, I don't know what the situation here is. Yeah. Or, like, how far away. I think he says, like, she's a couple hours away, like, where she lives usually. Yeah. But she's going to school somewhere else, so they'll be farther apart. Yeah. And they get into this argument where he's like, I can't go to New York City to be with you. For some reason? For some reason. He's like, what? You Like... There there aren't blue-collar people in New York City. <laughs> it's all people playing polo and, like, betting on the stocks, right? <laughs> Poor Noah. Like, he just, for some reason, doesn't think he can go. Yeah. Uh, they get in this fight, and basically he breaks up with her. Yeah. And this is where we get the worst scene of her, like, pushing and slapping him and, like, yeah. just being very abusive. Mm-hmm. And if I was him, I'd be like, okay, bye. okay I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better about this decision to, to cut this off. Yeah, and then, of course, like, you know, she wants them to get back together. Her family is leaving right away to try to split them up. She tries to go see Noah one last time. They miss each other. He tries to go after her. She's already gone. Kind of this classic romantic, I almost said rom-com, but it's more like a romantic drama of, like, them kind of missing each other at this crucial moment. And he tries writing her letters. He writes her a letter a day. (laughs) Uh, for a year. Yeah. And he's dumb enough to put his own name <laughs> on the return address. I mean, after address. not getting a few, he should have got suspicious. Yes. And then maybe sent one with a different. Yes. Or put it in a different type of envelope. Yes. Even. Yeah. Like just put a different name or on like the go to the address. city, a different city even. And then have it, like, postmarked from that city. That's true. Something like that. Yeah. Like, he basically should have written in the return address, Noah, that Noah. You know which Noah, the bad Noah, who she, like, (laughs) was in love with. Like, the mom's looking at it. (laughs) So, uh, of course, the mom is just, like, not giving any of the letters to uh, Allie, and they grow apart. Well, here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. Allie never writes him. That's true. And we... Never, I don't think, get an explanation for that in the movie. No. In the book, she says she was worried that, like, what they had wouldn't be real anymore. Like, if she wrote to him, he would t- he would reject her, even though her not writing to him 
And him not writing to her is basically the rejection. I don't I don't know. I, I did appreciate she said her one friend kind of planted this idea in her head that Noah was only in it for the sex. Yeah. Because in the book, they do have sex. Yeah. And that, like, he wouldn't want anything to do with her anymore. Kind of this, like, sexist idea that he got what he wanted. And, yeah. Um. So at least that's kind of playing into an idea mm-hmm. as to why she would maybe feel more nervous or uncertain about contacting him. But yeah, yeah in the movie, it's like... What, she can't pick up a pen? Yeah, you fucking write to him. (laughs) Uh, So they split apart. We get, it's so stupid. We get one single shot of Noah working. It looks like New York City. In New York City. Yeah. Like, did he change his mind and go back to try to, like, find her? I don't know. Like, I, I, like, obviously there was work there that he could have done. Like, did he just not think about it before saying he couldn't go with her. I don't know. And then he's like, oh, you know what? There actually are construction jobs in New York City. Unless it's a different city. It could be. I swear to God. it was. But then New- again, it might as well be New York City if you're in a different yeah, city. Yeah, if you're in a city, mm-hmm. it might as well be. Because his whole thing was like, I can't leave home, basically. Yeah, and then he does. Yeah, but that is quickly interrupted because <laughs> the war happens. Yes, and poor Finn dies in the war. Oh my god, this part in the movie <laughs> was just like, on one hand, the production value was higher on it than I was expecting, but it also felt like a scene where they were like, what happens when Finn dies? I don't know, some planes fly over and everyone's running, running. around like chickens with their heads cut off and like Noah gets like exploded. It, it just Finn, I'm sorry. Finn gets, like, (laughs) killed by a bomb. Like, it's just a single scene that felt like it was filmed, like, just in a vacant country lot in, like, Virginia or something. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But then Noah returns back from the war. And Allie, meanwhile, she becomes a nurse Mm -hmm. who is helping wounded vets. Yeah. And she meets Lon. She meets Lon. Let's talk about Lon. Lon. Lon in the book is described as just a nice guy. Vague businessman. Vague businessman. But he, vague lawyer. Vague lawyer, yes. <laughs> he, she just keeps saying he's a lawyer and his cases and his he's trials. In court. It takes us a while before we even discover, like, what kind of lawyer he is. And I, by that, I mean, like, he's a prosecuting attorney. Yeah. He's nice to her. He is wealthy. He comes from a good family. Like he, everything that her parents really want from her, but she also kind of likes him and she feels like he is kind and sweet, but like works too much. And this is all kind of from the book. Like, it seems like he's working a lot and like he never spends time with her, but she's like, oh, but he loves me. And I'm like, does he though? It seems like he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, she keeps reiterating how she loves him and how nice he is, but then also, she seems just, like, really bored or yeah. that he's, like, not good to her. And he's not around? No. In the movie, uh, Lon is played by the very charming and the very dashing James Marsden. Yeah. Who dates her and he takes her out. And there's a scene where they're out at this club where mm-hmm. he, like, proposes to her. And I have to say, their dynamic seems far better. Yeah. He seems... Much more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and like kind to her, and like he's still like a fun guy. Yeah, like, he's not like a stuffy rich guy. No, like he seems to be able to enjoy himself. Yeah, honestly, 
seems like the superior dude. At this point in the movie, I was kind of rooting for him. Yeah, me too. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) He was really sweet. And like the part where she comes into his office later and is talking to him, she's like, oh, I should have called. And he's like, you don't have to call to come visit me. Like you never have to do that. I'm like, wow, that's, that's so like just open hearted of him to be like, I, you know, you can interrupt me anytime. For sure. And when she tells him after she goes, she decides she's going to visit Noah. She tells him like, I want to go shopping. I want to go shop uh, on the East Coast or wherever. And he's like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay, if you're okay, you should do it. Yeah. Like he makes sure because she does seem like frazzled Mm -hmm. because her wedding's coming up. And he's like, are you fine? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, then like you should go do that. Yeah. And at one point she's also like, I want to start painting again. And he's like, I didn't know you painted. Yeah. And I think that's supposed to make him seem like he doesn't care about her her enough. But like, I mean, if she didn't ever tell him. Yeah. How would he know? How's that his fault? (laughs) Uh, But he's like, yeah, you should do it. Yeah. Very supportive. I know. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, sure. If you want to do that thing, go do it. Yeah. It, he seems very supportive. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, first of all, he's an extremely wealthy white guy from like the fifth or the 40s, 50s. So, like, yeah. I think this is like not realistic at all. No. But um, <laughs> what we're given on screen, he's much more emotionally intelligent, supportive, uh, well balanced, mm-hmm. and also still a very handsome guy. Handsome, so. charming. I think a good dancer. A good dancer. <laughs> Seems all laid out right there for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh so Noah gets some money so he can fix up the house. In the book, he becomes a partial owner in a scrap metal yard. Yes. With a Jewish man who keeps telling Noah how he wishes that Noah was Jewish. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> I'm like, well, why is this in here? Why is this in the story? It's it's so like, and his name's Goldman. Yeah. Which this is one of those things where, you know, when you're reading a book and you start noticing problems or things that you don't like, and then as it keeps going and you notice things, you're like, am I noticing this? Like, would I notice this in a better book? Yeah. But I'm like, okay, he has a character who he is very clear about him being Jewish, and he names him Goldman. Yeah. Which just sounds like the most kind of cliche. <laughs> I know. Or like the first name you would pick if you're <laughs> writing a Jewish character. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Goldman or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's not the worst. And the guy is portrayed as like a nice and yeah, generous yeah. man. And like he ends up dying during the war, and he leaves part of the business to Noah. And so Noah gets... All this cash that he inherits and he ends up buying the old plantation house and he starts fixing it up. In the movie, his dad sells their house so that Noah can buy Mm -hmm. the new house and then dies. Yeah, and then promptly (laughs) (laughs) just keels right over. (laughs) Exactly. R.I.P. Noah's dad. Uh, Noah... Once again, I would I'll say an improvement on the book uh, is going through an obviously rough spell. Yeah. Where he's drinking heavily, but also managing to renovate this house at the same time very well. Mm-hmm. And he has a woman who he's sleeping with on the side named Martha. Martha. 
Who's and, a widow. Who's a widow. Yeah, her husband died. Which means in that the she's war. not a slut. This is like an excuse for her. Ah, right? uh, yes, you yes. You know, because she was married and she lost her love and now she is just trying to find some comfort in Noah's arms. But <laughs> Noah is just so rude to her. He's such an asshole. Yeah, he just, the way he looks at her in this scene of them together, he looks at her like she's scum. Yeah. And that she's bothering him. I know. And I'm like, this is so awful. It really is. She seems really sad. Yeah. Like, in this situation, I'm just like, why aren't we even considering her as being, like, a romantic option? Like, what doesn't she have? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this, I don't know, his romantic attachment to Allie is, like, very abstract. Like, I guess I don't really know what we're supposed to think they have that he can't have with anyone else. Yeah. So. And he doesn't have to be mean to Martha about it. No. He can just be up front and be like, listen, I was in love with someone and I'm not over them and I can't love you the way that you need. I'm cool with having sex and like us doing this and kind of just enjoying each other's company, but I can never like give you that love. Just yeah. be honest. Yeah. Be be upfront instead yeah. of just having her be really sad. I know. And instead of just being like, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> so this is kind of at the point now, you know, Ali sees this newspaper at, like clipping about Noah refurbishing the house and she decides to go visit him. Um, and at this point is kind of where we pick up in the book, actually. So the book starts with like the old folks and then it goes to the Noah who has just basically finished redoing the house. And so this is very, very early in the book. And it was like a really not great part to read. Oh, my God. Nicholas Sparks is just kind of like trying to set up how simple and sweet and like country Noah is. But it's really annoying. So like on the cover of my book, it's just a picture of a front porch, like looking out from a front porch. And I remember thinking like, what a boring just stock photo cover. Uh, little did I know that like half of this book just takes place with Noah fucking around on his porch yeah, and just reflecting on his life. Yeah, it's just like, it's so generic. It's literally like Noah being like, oh, I was just renovating the house. Now I have some sweet tea. I'm on the porch. I'm going to play my guitar. Oh, here comes my three-legged hound dog. That I adopted after she was hit by a car. Now I'm going to read poetry and like rock in my rocking chair. Like it just, it's like so, so cheesy. And I just want to read some of the lines here because he starts talking about money, first of all. And he said, he started to run the numbers in his head, then stopped. He knew he'd spent almost his entire savings on the house and would have to find a job again soon, but he pushed the thought away and decided to enjoy the remaining months of restoration without worrying about it. It would work out for him, he knew. It always did. Besides, thinking about money usually bored him. Early on, he learned to enjoy simple things, things that couldn't be bought, and he had a hard time understanding people who felt otherwise. If this isn't the stupidest sentence that (laughs) a couple sentences I've ever heard, like who only really privileged people can say that thinking about money made them bored. Yeah. And like he's sitting now. I know he like put in a lot of work to fix up this house. Yeah. But like he's reaping the rewards of like a financial investment in this house. Yeah. And he's sitting there enjoying the front porch of this land that he owns. And he's like, the simple things, though. That money can't buy. Yeah. And I'm like, you're literally fucking enjoying all the things that your money bought. Yeah. Like, you can only enjoy the things that money can't buy if you have money. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. For <laughs> like, sure. You or, can't. Or you're like a mountain man who lives in the woods and literally owns nothing. Like yeah. those are <laughs> those are the options. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like he has there's another part too where um he's making crabs later, like yeah. cooking them. And he is holding one, and Allie is like, how do you learn to do that, like, hold a crab? And he's like, New Bern might be a small town, but it teaches you the things that matter. And I'm like, like, holding a crab? That doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably one of the simplest things to learn. You just ask someone and they tell you. Yeah, hold it here like this. There you go. You don't have to grow up in a small town to learn it. And then there's more stuff about being in nature. And I just feel like it's very generic. Mm -hmm. Like, so... This is literally just a page later. So Noah listened to the crickets and the rustling leaves, thinking that the sound of nature was more real and aroused more emotion than things like cars and planes. Natural things gave back more than they took, and their sounds always brought him back to the way man was supposed to be. Oh and I'm like, God. wow, groundbreaking. You're telling me that the sound of crickets is more soothing than the sound of a dirt bike. Wow. <laughs> Spoken like a woman who's listened to a dirt bike a few nights in a row now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's fucking true. Like, but what do you like? And just the way it's written, like the sentiment is dumb on its own yeah. and like very obvious. But he describes it as like the sounds of nature are more real. Yeah. And also it sounds like he's making some kind of grand revelation or yeah. saying something really profound when I'm like, I think everyone would agree with you that they would rather hear like ocean waves yeah. than airplanes. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> we have apps for that now. That's yeah. just like nature noises. <laughs> There's YouTube channels for that. Yeah. It's just like he says so many things that are supposed to be like, Obviously, like, because he starts the book off being like, I'm a simple man with a simple mind, but even I know. (laughs) And it's like, oh, God, we get it. This is like folksy wisdom bullshit. Yeah, it's just hitting it a little too hard for me. Like, it's just over the top. Yeah. Secondly, so in the book, this is the story that he is reading to his wife to get her to remember their life together. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it actually changes from first person narration from the old folks home to like a third person. Mm-hmm. Why in the fucking hell, if your goal is to tell your life story, your relationship with this woman to her? Yeah. Why would you give it the narrative structure of you starting off? It's you sitting on your porch, enjoying your life, and you're only vaguely remembering the past that you have. Yeah. With the woman who you're trying to remind Why of your past. Why wouldn't you start with them the way you met? Yeah. Like it makes more sense to start there. You're like you're tr- <laughs> like you're supposed to remind her of your relationship together. Be specific. Yeah. Like when he's remembering their like past love in that summer, he's just like, yeah, we spent every day together and we canoed. Fishing at the fishing hole. Yeah. She taught me how to dance. But anyway, back to my hound dog and my guitar. (laughs) And my wraparound porch. (laughs) Like not only is it boring, but within the concept of the book, it makes no sense why he would have written their love story in this format. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's so dumb. And secondly, like the way he reminisces about things like no one. He talks so much about like, hmm, now seems like a good time for sitting and remembering (laughs) like people don't do that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you get caught up in your thoughts or like you go on a walk 
to just like clear your mind and you end up thinking about stuff. But no one's like, I'm going to sit here and remember my childhood. <laughs> and there's like a part where he, he says, he, he says, fishing always made him reflect on his life. And he did it now. After his mother died, he could remember spending his days in a dozen different homes. Like that's the <laughs> time start. to remember my traumatic past. That's the start of a paragraph. And I did it now. <laughs> <laughs> and now's the time. And now's the time. Commence remembering. <laughs> yeah, just um, when I read a book, I can be critical of like the characterization, the plot, the pacing. Yeah. I'm very rarely critical of like the way a story is written Mm -hmm. or like the word choices or things like that. But even in this book, I'm like, this is a terrible sentence. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to get some more uh, because Allie and Noah finally reunite. Yes. Allie shows up to the house and, you know, he shows her the house. She stays for dinner. They're kind of catching up and remembering and kind of checking in on each other. Allie's there just to see how he's doing. You know, she tells him that she's engaged. So, you know, there's nothing on the table for them. She just wants to, like, see how he's doing and see how he's been. But we get the worst part of the book, in my opinion. Mmm, lay it on me. I'm I'm really curious what could constitute (laughs) the worst part of this book. Okay, it's them making dinner, Ian. (laughs) It's the worst part, and I can't even explain to you why it's so bad. It's just like every step of the cooking process. So he's making crabs for them, right? And then he's frying vegetables in like a fryer and making or cutting up bread or something. And they have tea. But every step of the process is described to us, like not in a lot of detail, but just every step has to be mentioned. And it's so inane and it's so pointless and it just goes nowhere and has nothing to do with what the characters are thinking and feeling. It's just them doing a bunch of bullshit. And so I have to read just one paragraph of this for you. This is like 10 pages long. It's a long part. So, okay, here we go. The vegetables and crabs were ready about the same time. Be careful, they're hot, he said, as he (laughs) handed them to her. And they sat across from each other at the small wooden table. Then, realizing the tea was still on the counter, Allie stood and brought it over. After putting some vegetables and bread on their plates, Noah added a crab and Allie sat for a moment staring at it. Like, oh, I forgot the tea. Like, why Why are we doing this? I don't understand. Like, and then they put the vegetables on the plate and then they put the bread on the plate and then yes. the crab. And like, this is the whole scene and it's like 10 pages. And we do get like, we do get dialogue. They're talking about their past, but like it's interrupted by parts like this. Yeah. Where they're just describing, like, seasoning the crabs, boiling the crabs, frying the vegetables. And it's not coinciding anything. It's not like she turned over the vegetables frying and, and like, looked at him in a way. And yeah. He, like, there's not, like, a tension between them during it. It's just, like, here's a step-by-step process of how to make this meal. And I'm like, I'm not going to make this meal. Stop <laughs> explaining it. Ugh. You know what it reminds me of a lot, actually? And I'm not just saying this because they're both bad books. <laughs> But it reminds me a lot of the Twilight books. Uh Uh-huh. And I say that because in the Twilight books, Stephanie Meyer seemed incapable of knowing how to compress time. Yeah. Like, she described every day of school school (laughs) and Bella's life. And, like, then she had this class and this class and this class. Like, no. And then she went home and talked to Charlie and did this. And it's (laughs) like, 
like th- nothing's happening, so don't tell us about this. Yeah. Like you can skip ahead in time and be like, after I got home from school. Yeah, like if you're writing in your diary, you're not going to be like, well, some people maybe, you're not going to be like, first I had breakfast and I ate this. Like you talk about the things that matter, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Nicholas Sparks seems incapable. And it like makes sense too, because like so much of this story is told just in one stretch of like, I don't know, a few days. Yeah. I guess like the, the parts of the old people is more like, compacting time and talking about stretches of time. Yeah. But like so much of like the meat of the story is like spread out over like three Three days. Yeah. Three days. And like we just get every bit of the day. And like sometimes there's remembering. Yeah. Like thrown in there. But like ultimately it's just like here's what everyone did at every point of the day. Yeah. And then I have like a tiny nitpick from this book too Mm. is so they're making a lot of tea, right? Like they keep talking about how they got more he got more tea for them. They went out on the porch, he got more tea, blah blah blah. Yeah. There's one part specifically where he mentions like, "Oh, the uh kettle whistled because it was done." Yeah. Poured tea and then she took a sip. And I was like, <laughs> "Have you ever had hot tea before?" <laughs> if the kettle whistled, which she was specific that it did, yeah. which meant the water is boiling. Yes. You can't just sip it. I know that's so small and stupid, but I just read it and I was instantly like so annoyed. I was like, you can't just sip the tea after you just pour it. Like, are you dumb? I no, I completely agree. <laughs> and I think like something happens. I, I think I said this before, but like when you're reading a bad book, you become like hyper focused yes. on stuff. Yeah. Like I actually went down a rabbit hole of how to cook crab because <laughs> you were convinced I, I was convinced he wasn't doing it right even though I've never cooked crab at any capacity but he talked about marinating the crabs before cooking them yeah and I thought that doesn't sound right <laughs> like you're marinating them like is the like are, is the liquid coming in contact with the meat at all? Because like I'm like maybe he deshelled them. Yeah. And I kept and I, so I kept taking notes. So I'm like no, he didn't. Because then later they're like cracking the shells open. I'm like okay. And I'm like going on YouTube and I'm like how do you cook crab? And then they're like okay, here's how to cook crab. And like they're very specific in the video. So he talked about marinating it in beer with spices. Yeah. And how you cook the crab is you put the crabs in a steamer mm-hmm. and you steam them with beer as the uh, thing that you're steaming with spices on the crab. Yeah. But the video I watched at least was very specific. He's like, don't let the crabs be sitting in water. Mm. They should be above the water. They're being steamed, not boiling them. Interesting. And he was like, if you like, if they're in the water, they're going to be mushy. Mm. So I, I think he's wrong <laughs> is what I'm getting at. <laughs> but I just went down this whole rabbit hole because I was so convinced he wasn't cooking the crabs right in the story. Conspiracies here. On, conspiracies on conspiracies. Have you ever had tea before? Yes. Have you ever cooked crabs before? I don't think Nicholas Sparks has ever cooked in his life. Probably not. I think like probably his like wife cooks and he's like, I think I know what she's doing in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we talked about this for so long, but it just, like, it just absorbed me so deeply. Well, and to be fair, so much of the book is dedicated to this shit. True. He goes on so long about this stuff. He talks about the crabs so much that how could I not be obsessed with the crabs? How could I not research it and go on YouTube and watch videos on how to make crabs? I know. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Um, where are we? 
It's the next day. Is it the next day? Yeah, like, I don't know. They have this whole meal together, and, like, there's so much sexual tension. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's, and she agrees to come back the next day to see him. Yeah. And he's like, I have a surprise for you. Mm -hmm. And just in the book, she says so many times, like she alludes so many times that first day and the following day, how much she's falling in love with him again. Yeah. And like, it's kind of to varying degrees, but like, it still feels like just being reiterated over and over again, like... We get it. She she looked at him and she saw, like, the 17-year-old boy she fell in love with, like, however many years ago. Uh, she felt like she was growing to know him all and love him all over again. Yeah. Could she be falling for him again? <laughs> like, it just keeps going. And I'm like, we... We get it. It's so... It telegraphs what's ha- going to happen so obviously yeah. for so much of the story. Mm-hmm. But they go canoeing. Yeah. Uh, he takes her on the river to this area where there's a bunch of swans and geese, and they are have stopped there on their way farther south for the winter. Yeah, and it's very beautiful. On their way back, they get caught, oh my god, in a storm. Oh no. Oh no, they're all wet? <laughs> they're all wet? Uh, I just have to mention, just have to mention, yeah. that in the book... Uh, Noah is like staring at her because they're super soaked and he can see her boobs through her dress and he compares her nipples to little rocks poking through her dress. Listen, I hope that no one ever tells me that my nipples are like little rocks ready to like scratch their eyes out. I don't know. Like, why would you ever say that? I can think of nothing less sexy yeah to compare breasts to than or nipples tiny rocks than tiny rocks <laughs> like hey you, you know there's little like um circular pegs on lego bricks yeah they looked like that like poking <laughs> through her dress like that might be the only thing like less sexy than saying they look like tiny rocks yeah it's such a weird comparison in the movie they get caught in the rain and Allie just starts laughing like a fucking maniac <laughs> like It's such fake bad laughter and like Noah's laughing too. And I'm like, I mean, I get that it's like kind of funny maybe that they get stuck in this storm, but they're not selling me on this at all. Yeah. The sex scenes are different or at least how they get to sex. In the movie, you know, they're just yelling at each other in the rain about writing the letters. Yeah. And then they start making out. And it's I think it's sexy because it is the rain, they're wet, like it's building up I mean, it's to like, this moment. It's the cover of the movie. Is yeah. them like soaking wet and like making out in the rain. Yeah, and it feels like it's building to something, right? Like yes. it really feels like it, it got there. And then they have sex. In the book, though, you know, he mentions her rock. Tiny rock nipples. Her pebble nipples. And he talks about how his loins were stirring. Oh, my God. I hate. I don't even. Okay. Honestly, I don't even know what loins specifically refers to. What does it mean? Is that just your genitals? It sounds like it's like more than your genitals, like higher up. But like I hear loins so much, like in a lot of books. Yeah. And I want it to be just erased from the dictionary. We can't use it I don't want to hear it anymore. Retire loins, please. Um, But then they're like they're super hot for each other right now and in the book it's like very specific about how horny they are oh yeah but then they go inside they change into other clothes then they get a fire going and then they get some whiskey and then they're just talking so it feels like the energy comes down yeah and then they do like start having sex by the fire 
but it's not as like um it doesn't feel like it's building to anything no like it on like honestly the tension between them is so heightened for this entire time they've been together both days that they could have had started having sex at like any point and it would have felt like justified so that by this point when they're finally fucking you're you're just like okay good like it's finally Finally. happening like it doesn't feel like a build-up naturally the way that like the movie does honestly yeah okay i just want to read like one sentence two sentences from this sex scene in the book so um she buried her face in his neck and felt him deep inside her felt his strength and gentleness felt his muscle and his soul (laughs) you know when you can feel someone's soul and their muscle at the same time (laughs) their muscle that soul though what what muscle is yeah i know like yeah i remember in the q a he describes his sex scenes as being uh tasteful tasteful and i'm like i mean i i guess he's not like he put his big schlong in me, like, but also it's still just, like, so absurd. Yeah. I had one line I wanted to read. Wait, was it a line? Um, this is more just, like, part of the bad writing, and it's when there's a part in the book where he is telling her she should start painting again and is encouraging her to do it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I guess, like, nobody has ever encouraged her to do her art, not even at school, where, you know, she went to school for art. But for some reason, his validation and encouragement is, like, what she's always needed. Uh, And I think it had something to do. It was, like, right after that moment. So this paragraph, she was talking about something unusual or unexpected happening within her. Why it happened, she never knew. But this was when the chasm began to close for Allie, the chasm she had erected in her life to separate the pain from the pleasure. And she suspected then, maybe not consciously, that there was more to this than even she cared to admit. (laughs) First of all, what the fuck does any of that mean? I don't know. Uh, She suspected there was more, more to this than she would care to admit. Secondly, the phrase... The chasm she had erected in her life. No, you don't build you a don't chasm. You don't erect a <laughs> chasm. Yeah. Like, that's such a contradictory way. You erect a wall. Yeah. You can create a chasm. You can, like, dig a chasm or, yeah. like, form a chasm, but you wouldn't erect one. No. Like, that's just another moment where I read that, and I'm like, the word choice in so much of this book and just the writing in so much of this book is, like, just really bad and like not well thought out definitely (laughs) but that is maybe my favorite paragraph in the whole book uh they have sex in the movie which is Allie's first time in the movie and she seems to like well does she oh yeah because she said well she's never had sex with with anybody else she said this is what i've been missing i guess but like could the sex with lon just not be good could be but i think she says something about like that's what I've been missing this whole time. I would have done it sooner or something. I don't uh, know. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, yeah. I'm just like wondering if there's any wiggle room that maybe she has. But I would argue that no, she's probably a virgin. We do get in the movie, though, a scene with Martha arriving. Oh, my God. The after, Martha scene. After they've been having sex. So this scene is so weird. Martha shows up and... Allie answers the door? Noah does. Noah does. Yeah, Allie's not even there. No. Or, like, she can't see her. And she asks Noah if he wants to do something, and he's like, no, I can't right now. 
And maybe it's because he looks like disheveled, but she immediately is like, she's the one, isn't she? <laughs> and like. No context. I mean, maybe she saw her car. But there. like, does she know it's her car? And just because yeah. Noah looks disheveled, like, and that she assumes that like, this is the girl that he's been after. Like. Yeah. And then she's like, can I meet her? And Noah's like, this is weird. And then Allie's like, hey, I'm just going to come right out here and be like, hi, Martha. Nice to meet you. Why don't you come on in? Like, come in. Hang out with us. This is fine. <laughs> and you made the joke about, like, Noah being like, whoa, is this happening? Like, are we going to do this? Like, They seem like they like each other. Yeah, this, this, is, this is a good vibe. Like, I'm, I'm digging this. <laughs> and, like, I know you were joking about that. But immediately following that, like, Martha is leaving. Yeah. After, like, they spent time together. Like, what they did, not shown. <laughs> but she's leaving the house and she's talking to Noah. And she says, and I'm quoting in different parts, she's really sensational. She says, like, since I lost Richard... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm glad I came. <laughs> <laughs> like, all very loaded language. Yeah. She could have uh, had a really great time with the two of them. So it's not, it, it's canon that she didn't not have sex with them, <laughs> is all I'll say about it. That they didn't not have a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? They didn't not have a threesome. I'm saying there's absolutely room <laughs> it like, could have happened it definitely could have happened okay okay yeah. <laughs> i won't definitively say that they did but when you have that in your head and you watch that scene of her leaving with noah or walking outside and she's saying all that stuff it start to get really suspicious <laughs> it starts to all add up <laughs> <in your brain. laughs> the pieces are coming together they get another visitor when noah's gone uh ali's mom shows up yeah and she says I knew you would be here. Lon's on his way. You need to figure out what you're going to do. And it's different in the book and the movie. In the book, she gives Allie the letters mm -hmm. that she had kept from them. She's also, like, super weirdly supportive all of a sudden. I know. Which, like, in the from the book's perspective was, like, the only thing that we know about this woman who we've never met, like, yeah. in the story is that she, like, really didn't like Noah and she tried to keep them apart. Yeah. And that, like, Allie doesn't seem super fond of her. Mm-hmm. So in this scene when she shows up and she's like, listen, you have to make this choice. I'm sorry that I did these things. Like, yeah. I love you. I'll always be your mother. Mm -hmm. I'm super, I'm I'm here for you and supportive. I know. I'm like, this doesn't really add up no. for her character. Yeah. Whereas, like, the movie, yes, it's like she does speak to her in a very touching way but it feels like consciously subverting like we're showing you something about her that's different yeah that hasn't been revealed before yeah and we get a scene with her taking Allie to this gravel pit yard <laughs> yeah. where a gravel pit man was her one true love in the past and you it makes you wonder then if they kept coming back to this place in the summer because that's where the mom spent her summer. Oh. And that she specifically comes back to like check in on this guy. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting for her character that she made the choice to move on with her life and marry someone respectable and that her parents wanted. And that maybe she's wanted that for Allie and now that it's come to that point, she's realizing that it might not be the right choice. I really liked this scene, actually. Yeah. I thought it was done really well. And, mm -hmm. I, and the thing I liked so much about it was the mom 
is very adamant. Like at one point, she's like, listen, you need to listen. This is really important. She's like, I love your father. I really do. He's yeah. been really great to me. I genuinely love him. And I really love you. Yeah. Like reiterating that it, it wasn't like a complete sacrifice to be with uh, Allie's father or yeah. that it was like some kind of like terrible choice. Mm-hmm. But just she, re- she does wonder what might yes, have happened. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I thought it was very you know, well done and, like, somewhat nuanced for, like, this story. Mm-hmm. For her to be, like, you know, I do wonder sometimes. Yeah. And then Noah and Ali, in both the book and the movie, kind of have a confrontation where he's like, well, what are you going to do? And she's not sure. And it's more of a scene in the movie, I'd say, than mm-hmm. in the book. Like, in the book, it's kind of, she's like, I have to go and figure this out. Um in the movie, Noah is specifically like, don't leave me. Like, you know, yeah. we can make this work, like the two of us. Which once again, like Noah in the book is just so bland. Yeah. He's just like, I don't want to see you go, but you got to do what you got to do. And I'm a country <laughs> poet boy and I'm, yeah. I'm deep. And I read Walt, Whit- Walt Whitman <laughs> and that means something. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's just real. Where at least, like, I, I appreciate the movie it being more of, like, a confrontation. And he says mm-hmm. to her, he's like, because she's complaining about, like, no matter what I do, I'm going to hurt someone. Yeah. And he says, you have to stop worrying about other people and do what's important to you or do yeah. what you want to do. And this brings me to, like, one of my main criticisms and annoyances with, like, especially the book, somewhat the movie, this is Allie's story. Yeah. The fact that the book is told from Noah's perspective yeah. is so annoying because Allie is the only one in the story who has a decision to make. Yeah. She's the only one confronted with this big dilemma. Mm-hmm. And the book spends almost no time from her point of view. Like the book is almost like allergic to confrontation. Yeah. Like, it spends like so little time with Lon. It's been so little time showing her with her parents and the actual conflict of, like, why she feels like she needs to be with Lon. Yeah. We're just told that. Yeah, we're just, it's just described to us. Like, Noah, I said this before jokingly, but is the manic pixie dream boy. Yeah. And it's true because, like, he's basically, like, a, he's, like, not an object, but, like, it's his influence on her in the story yeah. that is, like, the main driver. And it's her choice in the story of whether to be with him or Lon that is the most important. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we spend so much time with Noah and this is told from Noah's point of view yeah. is really dumb. I agree. Yeah. And secondly, like, the book almost tries to, like, weirdly reverse justify the perspective. Because at points in the book later on, uh, Noah says things like about how much he loves Allie and how... She taught him to see, to appreciate and love the little things in life or to see the beauty everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's, that was your role. Yeah. I'm like, you're the one who like sees the beauty in like nature and like the little things. And like, that wasn't her role. No. Like, why are you reversing it? Like Mm -hmm. that wasn't, it wasn't her who taught you that. It was you who taught her that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like clearly defined. No. At all. Yeah. No. So like, I don't, the whole perspective of like who this story is about and the, who's narrating and telling it is just, it seems backwards. Yeah, and it's confusing, too, in the book because it actually cuts here, and we don't see Allie talking to Lon. We don't see Allie 
ultimately choosing Noah and coming back to him, we're just told about it afterwards. Yeah. Um, the movie at least gives us a scene with her and Lon where she's like, you know, upset and is kind of like trying to decide what to do. I think Lon handles this really well. Again, movie Lon is excellent. He is. He was like, I would. I don't feel like I should be with someone who I have to convince to be with me. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Lon. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's a great perspective to have on it. And then we get a scene too, like you see the two of them, uh, Allie and Noah reuniting, like really briefly at yeah. least. And then we go back to them as, you know, old people in the nursing home. But the book like weirdly cuts and then we find out later how it all shakes out. And this is supposed to be like the twist that it's them. But yeah. again, it didn't really make sense to me. I'm like, what? Are we supposed to think that this is like Lon and Allie? The, yeah. Like, I. Obviously it, not. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre that it like has this cliffhanger mm-hmm. in the story. I don't know if it's like to prompt the memory in her own head of what happened. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we're back to old people time. Yeah. And we are nearing the end of the notebook. And in the movie, we've been getting scenes of them kind of like him reading to her throughout the day. We get a scene, too, in the movie where uh, their kids come to visit them. Yeah. But, of course, Allie doesn't know that they're her family. She just thinks they're Duke's family. (sighs) And it's really awkward. And and she leaves. And the kids are clearly, like, upset about it. Um, I don't really have anything to say about the scene other than to mention that it's there. Yeah, well, I, I was I wrote in my notes. I'm like, is this when we're supposed to understand that they're married? Like, are we not supposed yeah. to know it until this point? Because yeah. after she leaves, the kids are like, mom doesn't recognize us. Yeah. So it's I, not played as a reveal, though. No, maybe because it's so fucking obvious the whole time that they're like, we all know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't tell. Uh, there's also this whole aspect where, like, uh, Noah is complaining about how, like, the doctors don't actually... <laughs> Believe in the power of love. Yeah, and that, like, he tells them that, like, she gets better from the story and remembers things, and they're like, that's not possible. And he's yeah. like, you don't believe in true love. And, like, <laughs> only science will only get you so far in your science books and the uh, uh, periodic table of the elements. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. We get to the part, though... Where Allie starts to remember. Yeah. And she realizes that she's Allie, he's Noah, it's their story, and she remembers him. And it's really sweet and sad, I think, in both versions, her remembering. I'll give the movie the credit. <laughs> I I just honestly, in the book, didn't feel anything. I thought it was sweet. I mean, and we know because it's told from Noah's perspective that these... Uh, moments where she remembers are really rare and also they don't last. So it's really hard for him because like he's working towards this goal the whole time and then when he has it, he knows it's going to be gone. It's so fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that like Nicholas Sparks could have done to like compare and contrast this with like the rest of their life story like how they lost each other at one point in their lives yeah. and then were reunited mm-hmm. and this kind of being like a microcosm of like that whole relationship. And, yeah. But I just didn't feel like this was 
adding anything to this whole scope of the story. It just felt like, and here's some really sad shit that happened later in their life together. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was like there was any narrative connective tissue. Yeah. Going on. I agree. It doesn't really tie into what's happening in the past, except the fact that they loved each other and they're still trying to love each other. And their love is magical. Times. Yeah. And like she forgets again and it's really sad. I, I will say like the movie scene where like she's Ugh. freaking out and then Noah's crying was awful and i was very <laughs> upset about it i was like stop it i was too it did it really well though the yeah. actor who plays old noah was like really fantastic in that moment mm-hmm. uh yeah the my whole beef with this ending part specifically in the book i think the movie did a great job of like interspersing the old people time yeah with the story to go back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of just integrate those stories a bit more because like the cutoff of when it's like the notebook story to now is just like really sad yeah and it just constantly like just unendingly is talking about <laughs> how, how it sucks to be old how it sucks to be old how you're brittle and broken you're cold all the time you can't move your body like it's just your telling mind, you over and your over. mind is disintegrating like your bones are dust uh your days are limited he has cancer yeah um like his he hands, has a stroke he has a stroke his his arthritis where his hands are just claws and he can hardly write anymore and yeah. nothing will ever bring back like it <laughs> on is, and on. This is like what 40, 40 plus pages yeah. like all at the end of the book mm-hmm. and it's just unyielding. It's so dour and sad and like and I'm not saying that when you're old you don't reflect on things or like you're not saddened by like. The, the passage of time. Yeah, and the degradation of your body. But like, or the degrading. Yeah, you uh, said that Okay, right. <laughs> thank you. I suddenly was like, did I use the right word? Um, but like, there's got to be some relief from that. Yeah. No human can be focused on their own misery that much in a single day. I agree. And the reader shouldn't be subjected well, to that Well, and either. I do think this is someone writing about what he imagines it's like yes. to be old you know, yeah. like, I, I don't know how realistic this is to someone who is actually kind of like advanced in years and like has some aches and pains or like is dealing with maybe having cancer or going through a stroke or things like that, you know? Yeah, I totally like it feels like just someone who's like, boy, being old is my worst nightmare. So <laughs> let me just uh, let me write about that. Yeah, for let me pages. <laughs> 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 exactly. But once once Noah recovers from his stroke, he comes back to the nursing home and he has to see Allie. You know, we have a scene where he's sneaking past this nurse's station and the nurse very uh, sweetly allows him to go into Allie's room, even though he's not allowed. And shockingly, when he goes in there to be with her, she remembers him right away. Yeah. And, you know, is talking to him and they're both like they've been apart for a long time and they've missed each other. Um, and it's really sad. In the book, it seems like they have sex. <laughs> and that's where it ends. Okay. This might be a weird take. Yeah. I kind of love the way the book ends. Yeah. Like, something about, like, it's really absurd, the idea that they're, like, just... And, and I, I feel this way because the book was so adamant about it, but they just feel like they're ancient. Yeah. Like, they just feel like they're just going to topple Blow over. away in the wind. In a stiff breeze. <laughs> but suddenly, like, she's unbuttoning his shirt. Yeah. And, like, 
You're like, what? Are they going to bang right yeah. now? And I don't know. The fact that it ends there, I kind of really like. Yeah. It, it's somehow kind of sweet mm-hmm. and leans into that idea of, like, their relationship being so strong that, like, even at this point in their life when so much is, like, deteriorated both personally and mentally and physically yeah. with them that, like, they still might actually make love. Yeah. I, I actually really like that ending. Yeah, it's it's unexpected, but but good. Uh, the book decides to go for the sad, sad note um, where Allie is like, do you think God could kill us at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> not what she says she says do you think our love uh could make us go at the same time (laughs) you love that you love that do you think god could kill us at the same time (laughs) what that's what she's saying that is absolutely the subtext of what she's saying and noah's like you know what baby let's give it a shot kill us kill us take us now and then she's like good night and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> this is where something really interesting happened, though. So in the version we were watching on HBO, he lays in bed with her. The camera's kind of like panning away, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it fades to a shot of birds, which was like the beginning shot. Yeah. But the birds are flying away into the sunset, which like I took as like they probably both died in that moment. And yeah. then we get like the end credit music. Mm-hmm. And you were like. That's not the end of the movie. And I was like, what do you mean? So I found the end because there's like videos on YouTube of it. And the real ending of the movie is they say goodnight to each other. It fades. Then the nurse comes in their room the next morning and sees that they're both dead. Then it goes to the birds and the credits. Yeah. And that was in the theatrical release. Yeah. That was in the DVD and like VHS. And now streaming because I guess this was an issue with Netflix too. Streaming on Netflix and HBO Max or wherever else it may be streaming. They've cut that scene where the nurse comes in in the morning and they're both dead. I don't know why. Why would you like. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't people who still like this movie now. Yeah. But like. It was so popular too. Everyone would know that it's different. Yeah. And, like, why are you fucking with a movie that's, like, going on, like, 20 years old at this point? I know. Point? It's so it's so bizarre. I have no idea why they did it. I mean, it'd be one thing if the director himself, and maybe he did, and I don't know this, but, like, was like, oh, man, I hate that scene with the nurse coming in. Like, it's yeah. so on the nose. I wish they had never added it. And Netflix is like, well, we could remove it if you want. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened. But besides that, I don't know why Netflix would be like, you know what? I think people are just going to be too damn sad. Yeah, and it's on HBO Max that way, too. So yeah. So I don't know what, what the deal is with the distributor, I'm guessing. It's a very weird choice. I don't know why they would have done that. I don't. I but- mean, I like just the birds flying away better, I think, because it's like, I think you get it. Yeah. Uh, But if that wasn't the movie, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of the ending and wrapping it up, which one is better? I think I, I I will definitively say I think the movie is better. I agree. Uh, it's not a good movie. It's it's just, fine. It yeah. It there are some okay elements to it. Like honestly, I just don't 
really like Ryan Gosling or Rachel McAdams in it that much. I stand by what I said earlier. Rachel McAdams is always best when she's playing a bitch. Yeah. Like Mean Girls or Midnight in Paris. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a good persona (laughs) for her. Yeah. She's fine in most movies she's in, but like her and and I love Ryan Gosling and a lot of stuff he's in. But like, I just don't see the chemistry with them. I don't particularly like either of them that much in the movie. Yeah. I don't like the movie makes big structural improvements i think to the source material which i think is why it it is definitely superior but it still also has voiceover which is lines from the book and i'm like if there was ever an adaptation that didn't need a voiceover yeah lines from the book it is this one (laughs) yeah i agree with you like i have problems with the movie i think it's a, a fine movie and there are moments in it that i think are sweet and romantic especially with the older actors i think they do a great job yeah yeah uh playing the older versions of noah and Allie. but like the the book is just so endless like it's short but it feels so long like the dinner scene and like it just keeps going and they're they're still not done eating and they're making more tea and i just wish it would stop you know like nicholas sparks this is his first the first book he ever wrote and i'm not saying that he doesn't get better as an author i've read i've actually read quite a few of his books i went through a phase when I was younger, when I was reading a lot of like romance and inspirational romance and then kind of like romance like this, which is pretty tame. Um, and like I liked a lot of his books um, and then I got sick of them because everybody kept dying in really stupid ways and I felt like it was manipulating me emotionally. Yeah. So that's why I stopped reading them. But now looking back and reading this again and I'm older, like this is his first book and you can tell like the writing is really poor. Um, and I mean, it sold a lot of copies that he got a movie deal out of it. And then he became like a best-selling author because of this book. And I don't really know why. (laughs) I genuinely don't either. Like, like maybe it's just because that like, and I said this before, but like the story like has the minimum amount of conflict in it. Yeah. That is like possible for a story. You know what I mean? Like, even though she's like engaged mm-hmm. and like sneaking away to like visit her old boyfriend and be with him, the story is just so obvious right from the get go that she's not going to choose her fucking uh, fiance over <laughs> yeah. him. Like, yeah. Ob- she can't say like any nice thing about her fiance. Like, it's no. so obvious what's going to happen that like it becomes like a non issue. And it's just super boring. And just, like, nothing happens in it. Like, I, yeah. I I hate usually hearing that as a criticism of the story. Like, oh, nothing happens in this story. But really, though, like, it really doesn't feel like anything is progressing or moving forward. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen so far in advance, like, from the beginning. And there's, like, no surprises in it. Mm-hmm. It is a real drag. And I don't know who could have read this. Like, it's just so schmaltzy. Yeah. It's schmaltzy at the expense of character and plot and saying anything. Mm-hmm. And it, emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Especially just like, oh, their love was so pure. And now they're old and they're dying and it's so sad and pathetic. And doesn't, aren't you just sad? Yeah. Just thinking about it. Like, isn't that true love? It's, boy, it's just a lot. It is a lot. So I think we both agree that the movie is better. Yes, a solid film. And if we had to re-experience one of them, we would definitely choose the movie. 100%. <laughs> no question in my mind. All right, let's do lightning let's round. Let's do lightning. Okay, first off for lightning round, I'm reading like the 10th anniversary edition of like the movie. Like I have the movie cover on my 
book. But there's a Q&A with Nicholas Sparks at the end, which was just crazy to read. And there's one question that I just have to read to you. So the question says, the notebook takes place in a small southern town. Why did you choose that setting rather than, say, a big city like New York? The answer, I live in a small southern town, and life there is different than in a big city. Last night, for instance, a friend of mine got hurt. Instead of bringing him to the hospital or an urgent care clinic, I took him to the doctor's house. That's in italics. The doctor took care of him, then drove to the office to pick up a temporary cast, returned, and then bandaged him up. No charge, by the way. Small towns feed into a nostalgia that people have for the way things used to be. Simpler, less rushed, more community-oriented, things like that. So he's telling the story of a friend that he did not take to the hospital and instead <laughs> took the do- to the doctor's house and is like, don't you wish you had that in a small town life? And I'm like, no, <laughs> take me to the hospital. Yeah, don't take me to like Frank's garage like at yeah. 2 a.m. What's he going to like throw some alcohol on you to like sterilize the wound? Like what what is happening? We need medical supplies. And yeah. also just the idea that he kind of buys into this bullshit about like small country towns being better morally than yes. like big cities yeah when he specifically says it like taps into a nostalgia like yeah he knows that it's like bullshit yeah like <laughs> but also agrees with it yeah like maybe that story happened but like he kind of knows it's like obviously like an exaggeration yeah uh from the movie yeah there was a scene that i was in tears watching because I was laughing. <laughs> and it's when Allie is working at the, um, she's volunteering as a nurse in the hospital for like the war vets that come back. Yeah. And Lon is there. <laughs> and he is in full cast. Like full body cast. Full body cast. Both his legs. He is in the thickest neck brace <laughs> or cast I have ever seen in my life. It like goes up the back of his head. <laughs> His face is eggplant purple. (laughs) She is feeding him apple juice through a straw, and he hardly has the energy to keep his own eyes open. Yet, this man looks at her, and he's like, I noticed you didn't have a wedding ring on your finger. I was, uh, I was wondering if, uh, if if you'd want to go on a date with me after I'm out of here. And I'm like... It seems like he's going to die at any moment. The fucking confidence (laughs) of this man who just looked like he got hit with like a steamroller. Yeah. And he's like, I I know I'm going to ask this this girl on a date. (laughs) How can she say no to this, this face? Like something about the situation. I was just in tears we had to pause the movie we had to pause the movie because i was like (laughs) laughing so hard i i I don't know it was great (laughs) it was really funny (laughs) uh next for lightning round i just have to mention in the book and movie but it's it's definitely more emphasized in the book just this whole idea about living in the south and conveniently like skipping and glossing over certain aspects of the past like noah is renovating a plantation home No discussion about what went on at that plantation home. Yeah. His best friend is a 70-year-old black man named Gus, and he considers him family, except only mentions him one time, and then we never see him again. I could not believe when Gus never actually appeared in the story. Yeah. It's almost like a a token black friend. That isn't even in the story. That isn't, isn't even in the story. And then it's mentioned, too, that Lon comes from cotton money. 
Um, which again is another veiled reference to this horrific history. And like, yeah, okay, you don't always have to be like, let's discuss the atro- atrocities of the past, but like to gloss over them and to be like, look at this cute, like vintage, like restored plantation home and not even mention like what happened there is just so stupid. It's just very, um, tone deaf yeah and like not acknowledging anything that you yeah. probably should and the movie does the same thing yeah there is a part of the book <laughs> that i think is peak i don't know i know i said the other thing is my favorite because <laughs> it's the worst but this might be better so like nicholas sparks like clearly he writes about a lot of things but really vaguely because clearly he doesn't like either know about them or did any research on them like he yeah. was so vague about the war like he didn't describe anything about like what noah actually did over no. there and similarly like he fixes up his home right yeah the most he's described that is like he needed lumber delivered to like build a fence yeah like he didn't describe the style of the home what renovations he actually did on it like Mm-mm. nothing he's just like yeah, he fixed up a home <laughs> you like, know you know yeah um the funniest thing was this passage to me this is after he had his stroke okay the doctors were worried I could see the concern on their faces through squinted eyes as they scanned the charts and adjusted the machines. They whis- they whispered their thoughts, thinking I couldn't hear. Strokes could be serious, they'd say, especially for someone his age, and the consequences could be severe. Grim faces could prelude their predictions. Loss of speech, loss of movement, paralysis, another chart notation, another beep of a strange machine, and they'd leave never knowing I'd heard a word. <laughs> These doctors are standing at his bed and they're being like, you know, a stroke can be really severe for an older man. And the other doctor is like, I know <laughs> he could have uh, lasting repercussions. Yeah. And they're like, you're correct, doctor. And like, who thinks like. <laughs> also, they talked about like adjusting the machines. Like, are they turning a dial for like more blood? Like what? Like. Oh, my God, just that the doctors would stand there and just say the most obvious things anyone could ever say. Yeah. Especially between doctors. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) All right. That's that's it for lightning round. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was fun. It was. I genuinely <laughs> like reading books that I hate sometimes. <laughs> it was a nice change of pace, too, from all the scary stuff. So Yeah, scary in a different way. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast and also get a ton of additional bonus. Lots of bonus episodes. Content and bonus episodes, you can uh, find us on Patreon at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash cover to credits pod, where we have bonus episodes. Uh, you get a monthly schedule, mm-hmm. uh, priority episode recommendations, uh, along with a discord that we run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, give us a nice, a nice tasteful rating yeah. or review is always appreciated. Yeah. And you should follow us on Instagram. We're pretty active over there and on Twitter, Facebook a little bit, but like we post a lot of fun stuff. Like, you know, if we're watching movies on our own yeah. or other stuff as well. So yeah, find us on all those places and support us if you can. We really appreciate you listening um, and we'll see you next time. Have a good time. (laughs) What was that? Have a good time? (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) As I was saying it, I'm like, wait, that's not what I say. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) We'll see you next time.
<laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>